0: Welcome to the California League Research Project Podcast with Mario Ramos. Here's
1: your host, Mario Ramos.
0: Welcome to the California League Research Project Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Ramos, joined today by Ben Hill, who covers the business and culture of minor league baseball for MILB.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Ben's Biz. Ben, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Ben and I are going to talk a little bit about the California League, but before we do, we want to remind you that you can catch the California League Research Project podcast on anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Cal Search. So, Ben, you know, like we said, you cover the business and culture of minor league baseball. On the business side of things, obviously things are not, you know, very good as the minor league baseball season was canceled. But what are some of the creative things, you know, business wise? that you've seen occurring in minor league ballparks during this pandemic?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's been a, like everything else, it's been an, an evolving situation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like for so many industries, it's obviously a tough time for minor league baseball, but, yeah. uh, and, you know, I, I'm doing okay. I, I have a job, I write about it, but, uh, you know, it is a tough time to, you know, find things to cover, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the absence of baseball. but. Uh, in a lot of ways, I found it kind of uh, invigorating or engaging to look around the minor league landscape and just yeah. the way there's, you know, creative marketing and promotions going on. That you know, you're still seeing that sort of thing uh, go on throughout the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, a lot of in terms of doing anything event related, um, you know, it's really a case by case basis because yeah. there's so many different uh, situations regarding uh, what kind of an event a team can have. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Florida, uh, you know, for better or for worse statewide, you know, has been a more liberal state in terms of the sort of events you can have, and, yeah. you know, I've covered things like, um, you know, movies at the ballpark, mm-hmm. uh, Daytona T- Tortugas did the first one, you know, had socially distanced seating areas, uh, yeah. that kind of thing, you know, before yeah. that, I was writing about firework shows, and team staging firework shows for people, like, in their cars, in the parking lot, yeah. uh, that kind of thing, you know, a lot of curbside concessions, especially yeah. early on when all this stuff. Teams still, you know, utilizing their kitchen and using their, you know, their food service know-how to make the concession items available, you know, kind of in a more to-go restaurant-based context. And, you know, creative marketing. You know, we, obviously the season was officially canceled just about 10 days ago, June 30th, I believe. And, you know, in the wake of that, you know, and I have an article about this on MILB.com, you know, about the way the teams responded, you know, with undefeated season yeah. And then other teams taking a more irreverent approach, and, uh, you know, Durham Bulls making a shirt that says, This is some bull shirt, or uh, <laughs> Myrtle Beach Pelicans unflocking believable, or um, just saw one today uh, Cedar Rapids Colonels um, saying, What the shuck, you know? So, <laughs> but finally, baseball standards, that's edgy, you know, yeah, affordable, family friendly entertainment. Mm-hmm. So, you're not going to go too far down. Uh, you know, that route in terms of profanity on a t-shirt, but it, I think it suits the times. You know, everyone's kind of saying, you know, what is going on right now? How are we going to continue to, uh, you know, function be an asset for the community? Do what we can. And, you know, I think it's a creative industry and it's always been creative and we're seeing that creativity now, even though the situation is, you know, very strange to say the least.
0: You listen to the California League Research Project podcast with Mario Ramos, joined by Ben Hill, who covers the business and culture of minor league baseball for MILB.com. We talked a little bit about the business there. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned some of the culture as far as you know the promotions and, and things that are associated with that that family fun environment that we all know and love uh, when we go to a minor league ballpark. As far as that culture, let, let's kind of you know reel it into the California League. You spent some time making your way through all the ballparks. You've been through to every minor league ballpark, uh, but a few years ago you you finished off the California League. You know, immersing yourself in the culture there. You were tossing T-shirts into the stands, racing squirrels, dressing up as a hot dog bunch of you know cool fun stuff um, how would you describe the culture within the California League
1: um, you know it, it's you know, I, I love the California League um, and I think that I, I like it for the you know, there's a kind of diversity there just in terms of uh, the sort of different types of ballparks how old they mm-hmm. are the way they're set up different types of fan bases yeah. um, and and for me as someone who was you know, I grew up uh, on the East Coast and live in New York City now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been a great way to not just go to California, but also go to locales in California. That for me is an east coaster that i might not end mm. up going to otherwise yes, you know i have sure. some friends in san francisco or what have you mm-hmm. but in terms of going to places like uh, you know the central valley and yeah. you know stockton visalia places like that mm-hmm. uh that's what i love about minor league baseball in general mm. is that it kind of gives you context to do that sort of thing and that's very true of the california league yeah. and uh yeah i've been to every team there and including the two teams that uh, yeah. you know that most recently do not exist anymore yeah. uh, the high Desert. Mavericks and the Bakersfield Blaze and mm-hmm. uh, really enjoyed both of those in particular Bakersfield yeah. Blaze and Sam Boyd Stadium I mean mm-hmm. obviously that stadium uh was a bit of a dump, but you know the people <laughs> who worked there and yeah. the fans who did show up really loved it. So there yeah. was this kind of uh, real irreverent, almost punk rock spirit about the nice. whole place that uh, I really liked. And their team Twitter account still tweets from beyond the grave on occasion, so it's, <laughs> it's good to see them. Uh, good to see them existing in some way, shape, or form. But uh, yeah, really enjoy the the, the Cow League. Um, you know, had some great times all over the place. Lake Elsinore Storm stand out as a place where I've had a lot of fun. Cool. Um, Towards uh, San Jose Giants. I think that's just one of the greatest stadiums in all of minor league baseball. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know,
0: I could go on. Well, let's go on there. You, that's a pretty lofty title there. One of the, the coolest stadiums in minor league baseball. What stood out about that stadium to you?
1: Well, I like stadiums in general. Um, You know, as you said, I've been to them all. It took a while to do it, but I've been to them all. And uh, I I found, especially once I got to every ballpark and I tried to make lists of my favorites because it's the question I get asked the most. uh, You know, I did kind of some level-by-level lists. And I didn't choose San Jose as my favorite in Class A Advanced. Uh, That, I believe, I chose uh, Daytona Tortuga's uh, Jackie Robinson Ballpark. But I um, certainly... Uh, San Jose is way up there. And because it has to me, what I like, it has history. It's an old ballpark mm-hmm. with history and charm and as a throwback, mm-hmm. but it's also, you know, well run and well maintained and feels very alive and vital right now. Um, in terms of like the kind of carnivalesque atmosphere, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the, yeah. out on the exterior concourse uh-huh. and all of the food vendors out there yeah. and uh, all the old school signage, you know, in the concourse, yeah. uh, you know, they had their own guy, the, the team did, you know, who did so much of the signage on site, you know, on the mm-hmm. outfield ads, and on the concourse, that just gives it this uh, classic feeling. And it's just, you know, with history and um, a sense of fun. And it's just a creative place, too. I got to be contestant and uh, I forget what the game is called, uh, but it's one of the coolest downfield games I ever saw where they uh, bring out that old red truck, and you have to throw a ball and mm-hmm. break the lights uh, <laughs> on the truck. Um, awesome. yeah, stuff like that is really cool. And I got to, uh, you know, do an interview, interview, and do a story on a super Churros man, right. uh, Paul Serda, you know, who's a San Jose Giants icon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what he brings to the place and barbecue at turkey, Mike. Exactly. You know, that There's just a lot going on at that
0: place. Uh, for sure. Yeah, I was going to hit up or mention Turkey Mikes if you didn't, because yeah, definitely that's one of the things that sticks out every time I'm there, for sure. All right, you're listening to the California League Research Project Podcast with Mario Ramos, joined by Ben Hill. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Ben's Biz. Again, that's at B-E-N-S-B-I-Z. Check him out on MILB.com, where he's writing about the culture, uh, or the business and culture of minor league baseball. So on com and through your Twitter account, you ran a Did You Know edition for each league. And the California edition the California League edition, featured some pretty cool and interesting tidbits. For instance, the Quakes are the only professional sports team in all the U.S. and Canada to have a name that begins with the letter Q. Um, another thing I found interesting, the best quote-unquote promotion, was the Lake Elsinore Storm's Nothing Night, which you dubbed an anti-promotion. Can you kind of describe that Nothing Night and what that is?
1: Yeah, you know, it's one of my regrets thus far uh, in my career that I've not been able to attend the Lake Elsinore Storm Nothing Night game. Mm. And... Um, uh, you know, some other teams have copied the concept uh, throughout the year, including mm-hmm. in the California League. Uh, Inland Empire has done one for a while as well. Mm-hmm. But nothing night is, you know, as its name implies, nothing. You know, they they <laughs> usually stage it yeah. kind of post July Fourth. You know, so July Fourth you have a huge game, a sellout, fireworks, one of the biggest uh, nights of the year for a minor league team, and yeah. then usually. You know, sometimes soon after that, or Monday or Tuesday, when, you know, everyone's kind of got that July 4th hangover, so to speak, they do nothing night, and, and the lake elves are storm, but I'd like, they really, really commit to the concept. There's no ticketing, you know, just free to come in. Yeah. They don't even sell uh, food. You, know, you can bring in your own food. Yeah. Um, the, the crowd just stands up and sings the national anthem, you know, together. <laughs> you know, they don't have a performer. Yeah. There's no PA announcements, no, wow. uh, you know, nothing coming on over the PA, yeah, yeah. Uh, no between-inning contests. So, you know, obviously, minor league baseball as a business wouldn't work too well if that was the general approach. But to just take one night and turn everything on its head and Mm -hmm. take away all the, you know, so-called bells and whistles Mm -hmm. and uh, strip baseball down to its essence is a really cool thing. And Mm -hmm. as you can imagine, I'm sure, a very surreal thing. It it must feel almost like dreamlike to be at a minor league ballpark when nothing else is going on (laughs) except baseball. And I've always wanted to experience that.
0: Yeah, I'm interested too in how that affects the, the pace of play. You talked about nothing going on, you know, in between innings and stuff like that. I wonder if it just helps the, the pace of play and maybe get the game in a little bit faster.
1: Yeah, it might, just with some you know, lesser distractions. the, the time between innings would remain the same. It's just yeah, yeah. you know, no uh, goofy stuff going on in between mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, T shirt tosses yeah. and uh, you know, whatever, pony races and whatever else might <laughs> be going on.
0: Uh, you listen to the California League Research Project Podcast with Mario Ramos, joined by Ben Hill, who covers the business and culture of minor league baseball for MILB.com. Um, you know, in, in minor league baseball, you know, there's been a, a, a shift, you know, as not necessarily as of late, but where teams, you know, really want to, to branch out and have their own identity, something that, you know, obviously in the business sense is is great for marketing. You know, we have the San Jose Giants who still take on their their parent team's name. There's the Danville Braves, there's the uh, Fredericksburg Nationals. You know, so there's some of these teams that are still hanging on to their their parent club's identity. Um, You, as a guy who covers this and covers the business and culture, um, do you prefer that the teams represent their parent club or kind of stand alone and represent their, their, their own region?
1: You know, well, like so much in minor league baseball, it's kind of a case by case thing. But if I had to speak generally, Mm -hmm. um, I would definitely say that I like when teams have their own identity. One, Mm -hmm. for someone such as me who covers this, you know, the entirety of this. you know, ex- expansive minor league baseball yeah. universe. You know, there's more to cover. Yeah. You know, when there's creative team names and logos, and certainly during the offseason, and that's one of the biggest uh, news stories you're going to get is all the different rebrandings that yeah. have inevitably happen every year. And it and it just makes sense from a business standpoint mm-hmm. because if you have the name of your parent club, you might tweak the logo for your minor league city, but it's going to. Brand, the overall branding is going to be very similar to yeah. the Major League Club. And mm-hmm. then, therefore, you can't create your own identity. You're going to have you know marketing issues with the Big League Club, obviously owning the trademarks and all the rights you know, to that, that brand. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to have agreements with them with what you can sell. And, and a lot of fans just might be like, well, you know, if I'm going to get gear or merch from that team, I'll just get it from the Major League side because I'm yeah. a Major League fan. So yeah. um, it really just makes sense uh, f- in most cases for teams that have standalone identities. You know, in the cases where they don't, it's usually because the team plays in an area in which the affiliate is very popular, in that association, you know, it's something that's, you know, really treasured, you yeah. know, as is the case, you know, I would believe in San Jose, yeah, yeah. and uh, and you mentioned Fredericksburg, you know, they are, uh, you know, they were the Potomac Nationals, now they're the Fredericksburg Nationals, because they're playing very much in the market, you know, where the Washington Nationals play, you um, you know, and, and sometimes you have your know, teams going against the grain. Recently, you know, in recent years, like uh, you know, South Bend had a unique name; they were the Silver Hawks. But then once they got a Cubs yeah. affiliation, you know, they're based in Indiana, very much Cubs territory. Mm-hmm. You know, they sort of like, you know, hey, we're so proud to be a Cubs affiliate, and that's such a strong marketing tie-in for us. We're going to change mm-hmm. their names name to the Cubs. Mm-hmm. So you know, it is a case by case thing, and okay. you know, I, I generally respect the direction teams want to go. But it's no surprise that the big picture trend. For years has been towards unique identities because yeah. you know, and affiliations can you know come and go. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do have the name of your parent club, unless it's a real deep rooted thing, or unless you're owned by the, your your major league team, um, you know, the, the, it's kind of hard to market a parent club identity, especially when there's not a geographic tie-in, and it might be subject yeah. to change, you know, in two yeah. or four years. So it makes a lot of more sense to uh, you know have your own identity. And so, of course, I support that when teams do it, and it is kind of fun. I've learned not to be prize, you know, um, yeah. by what names teams, <laughs> teams pick. Um, hmm. Yeah, I remember I always used Chihu- you know, the El Paso Chihuahua yeah. as an example, just because when they went with that name, at the time, it was like, no way, they actually did it, I can't yeah. believe it, and now, now that name seems kind of almost conservative, you know, oh, yeah. well, now we have That's jumbo sense. shrimp and trash and <laughs> what have you, but Chihuahua seems almost clean, so yeah, no it's kidding. just good to show how quickly things have moved in that direction. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, you know, I'm not sure how things are going to play out. Minor league baseball, things might be moving in a different direction. Um, when we do get back out there on the field, uh, there's been talk of, you know, some major realignments as far as the minor leagues is concerned uh, with the major league affiliations. You know, what's, what's your uh, you know, early assessment, on, I'm not asking for any breaking news or anything like that, but what's your early assessment on how things play out once we do get back out there on the field?
1: Yeah, you know, it's really tough to say, and especially, you know, writing for the, you know, quote-unquote official site, you know, Mm -hmm. we cover that news in a more, uh, you know, conservative way. Yeah, yeah. Just just kind of waiting for things to you know, develop, and, mm-hmm. um, it, it's clearly, it's called the PBA, the Professional Baseball Agreement, that's the, the governing agreement between Major and Minor League Baseball, you know, that's up for, negotiation expires at the end of this season, or what would have been, you know, this season, yeah. although we're of course, not having a minor league season, and, uh, it's still tough to say exactly how it will play out, because those negotiations still need to occur, yeah. and, um, I mean, they've occurred to some extent, but they have to continue, and, um. Uh, you, you, no one could have seen you know COVID nineteen no. coming. Yeah. So as big as those negotiations were in determining the future landscape of you know minor league baseball and major and minor league baseball's relationship, mm-hmm. right now um, it's kind of been on the back burner because mm-hmm. you know there's just been so much to deal with, just the day to day of uh, figuring things out with no season, and on the major league baseball end, of course, you know scrambling to get their short season going. Yeah. So there's a lot more to um, you know. To, to, to things work out but it does look likely there will be less teams you know uh, going forward but exactly how it all shakes out you know is there's still a long way to go on that end
0: yeah well we'll keep up uh, with uh, minorleaguebaseball.com or milb.com we'll keep up with you on twitter at ben's biz and you know keep up on the latest on what's happening with minor league baseball uh, ben this was a lot of fun I appreciate you taking some time man hey thanks for
1: talking to me and uh, yeah the California League can't wait to get back out there it's a, a great league and um, I
0: hope everyone who lives in the California market you know, appreciates what a cool thing that is to have yeah, definitely for sure I want to thank you guys for listening to the California League Research Project podcast with Mario Ramos you can follow me on Twitter at Search. be sure to catch more of the California League Research Project podcast on Anchor.fm Spotify Apple Podcast or anywhere else you get your podcast special thanks to Ben Hill we'll see you guys next time Peace. To check out more of the California League Research Project podcast, go to anchor.fm.